I've got pages here every which way, so i got to find out which where I start at here. I think i got to figure it out. We're continuing our study. We looked several weeks ago about we're looking at the covenant, the church covenant. We've been on the, the ordinances. We looked at baptism. And this morning we're going to look at the Lord's Supper. Both of these ordinances are very important in the worship of the Lord's church. Baptism is a picture of what Christ did. He was buried and rose again, and that's uh, our experience too as believers. Right. And the Lord's Supper is where we call that. We remember the blood and the body, the body that was broken and the blood that was shed. Read a few scriptures. Always a good place to start. When you're teaching Bible truths. First Corinthians chapter eleven. Verse twenty three. Through 26. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. This is Paul now writing to Corinth. Well, there is a much disorder in the ordinances there in that church. The Lord Jesus, same night in which he was a trade, took bread, and when he had given thanks and break it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do, in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is a New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye do it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death, Till he come. In Matthew 26. And verse 26. This is the observance. Where Christ instituted it. There just before. Uh, the next day of his death. Matthew 26 and verse 26. Let's go back to verse 20. Matthew 26, verse 20. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. They were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in this dish, the same shall betray me. 
The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas which betrayed him answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast well said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and gave the thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you that I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine till that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. second ordinance that we are to sustain is the Lord's Supper. Observed properly is for the purpose of declaring the Lord's death till he comes. The Lord's death is not to be referred to as a sacrament. Catholics teach transubstantiation. Most of us are familiar with what that is. The Catholics believe that the elements, the bread and the wine, are magically turned into a literal body of Christ by the priest who then gives Christ's body and blood to the observers. The Lutherans teach and believe that Christ is somehow present in that element. So both of these and all other denominations, so-called churches, falsely observe these two ordinances. Have no right to even go through the motions of it as far as I'm concerned. Both views stem from a false idea that the supper is a sacrament possessing saving qualities. These people actually believe that. That's spilled over into all Protestant denominations. The Camelites and Catholics, Camelites or Church of Christ, they observe it every week. As if it kept them in God's good grace. That's the foolishness of man. The Bible gives no set frequency to observe the Lord's Supper. It's only that in that when we do observe it that we remember Christ's death. And I, that's why I read that First Corinthians eleven. 23 through 26. Strange it is that those people who promote open communion, which those I've just referred to, and inner communion, accuse us who practice it properly with being uncharitable and unkind. Mm-hmm. 
Well, why don't you let us observe the supper when we come in your church? But we're not uncharitable. Right. Someone who steers us from the proper teaching of the scriptures are the ones who are uncharitable. Amen. First Corinthians thirteen six says, Charity rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Amen. Rejoiceth in the truth. So first of all, let me let me say that the Lord's Supper is for the local body. It's a church ordinance, not a fellowship supper. Amen. And only members of the church where it's observed are to partake. So first of all, it's for the local body. I read some of these verses, but I'll read them again. Matthew 26, I don't think I read this. In verse 17 and 18, I want you to notice closely. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples, the disciples came together to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city in such a man, and say unto him, The Master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. Now look at verse 20. Now when the eleven was, uh, even was come, he sat down with the twelve. The twelve. They were at this man's house, taking a supper in his house, but he wasn't invited. That's right. So he sat down with them, even come sat down with the twelve. So it's for the local body. And the purpose of it Matthew 28 and 20, it says, uh, this is a great commission, all powers given me in heaven and earth, going into all the world, earth, teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. And though I am with you whatsoever, always, uh, always, even unto the end of the earth. Observe all things, he said. So it's interesting that it's for the Lord's people only in that body right. where it's offered, where it's served up. Amen. Notice the them back in uh, Matthew 26.
I'm sorry, look at Mark 14, 22 and 23. I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm sorry, excuse me, folks. I, I, I'm having problems here with my mind, as you all have noticed for some time. But in Matthew 26, in verse 17 through 28. I just read this. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, Where shall we thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city and such a man, saying to him, The Master saith, My time is at hand. I'll keep the Passover at thy house with thy disciples. And then it goes on, and we read that. The word doesn't include only the 12 disciples took the supper. Verse 22 says, And they were exceeding sorrowful and began to every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? The them of verse 22 are the 12 disciples which constituted the first church. Now, the elements of the Lord's Supper, if you want to take the Lord's Supper, must be followed exactly as is set forth in Scripture. Right. It's bread and wine, unleavened bread and wine, not crackers and grape juice. Mm-hmm. Not crackers and grape juice. Grape juice has impurities. And as it ferments into wine, the impurities are worked off. Wine represents the pure, sinless blood of Christ. Grape juice does not. The bread was not his body, as some say, but the bread represented, bread broken represented his body. It was unleavened bread. Leaven represents sin. So here, as they, if you notice, it says uh, in verse 17 there, the first day of the feast, that is the Passover. So, at the Jewish Passover, it's where Christ instituted the Lord's Supper. Right. So the Jewish, Jewish Passover faded away and became the Lord's Supper in the New Testament church that Jesus established. And we do it to remember Him. When we were partaking of the Lord's Supper here recently, If we observe it right, it's a very emotional time. The wine that we take was Christ's blood that was shed. That's what it's to remind us of. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians 11, 
23. For I have received the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. In verse 25, he said, he broke it. This is my body. Verse 20, uh, 24, I'm saying. And then verse 25 speaks about the cup, which is referring to the blood. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper on the eve of his death. As we just read that. The question comes to my mind, why did he observe, institute the supper while his disciples were observing the Passover meal? Why did he take that particular time to do that? Well, in the Old Testament, the observance of the Passover feast was to commemorate the Israelites' liberation when they came out of Egyptian bondage. It was a picture of what the Lord did to us Amen. when he saved us and took us out of the bondage of sin. You remember they, they, they sprinkled the blood up on the doorpost? Back there in Exodus chapter 12. This is the instruction for the Passover. And the Lord spake unto Moses, verse 1. And the land of Eve is saying, This is the month shall be unto you, the beginning of months, shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto all the congregation, all the congregation of Israel, saying, The tenth day of this month they shall take them, every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. The house will be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls, every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on two side posts. Notice that Christ and them met in the evening. And on the upper door post of the house of wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat of it raw, nor sodden of water, roast with fire, its head and his legs with the pertness thereof, and ye shall let nothing of it remain till the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And this day shall be unto you a memorial. 
You shall keep it a feast for the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Verse 42 said, It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel and their generations. So it's, he, it, it reminds them of what the Lord did when he brought them out of Egypt. Amen. In like manner, the Lord's Supper is a New Testament memorial to remember how our Lord's body was beaten and battered as he gave his life as a sacrifice for my sins mm -hmm. and for yours if you're here and know him as Savior. The broken unleavened bread reminds us of our spotless, guiltless Lord. The Bible says he had no sin. Christ said, I have not committed any sin. And he died to reconcile us to God by the blood of that lamb. First Peter chapter 2 in verse 24. Listen to these wonderful words. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live under the righteousness of whose stripes you were healed. When we take that Lord's Supper, it's a solemn observance. We ought to be thinking about what Christ did and how he laid down his life for our sins. First Peter three eighteen. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in flesh but quickened by the Spirit. I've got my notes running back and forth. And that that I've written there about the said about the unleavened bread and the, and the wine is I've taken from T.P. Simmons Systematic Study of Bible Doctrine on this subject he says there's no ground in scripture for such a view other than what Christ sets forth in scripture for the Lord's Supper to do so contradicts the real nature of grace. For grace is unmerited favor. If grace is received through an outward act, 
which is what those who falsely uh, say that the Lord's Supper is. If grace is received through an outward act of obedience, then it's not wholly unmerited, is it? It contradicts the teaching that eternal life is a gift. Romans 6.13, For our grace are you saved through faith. And that we are justified freely. Romans 3.24 It also contradicts scripture which teaches we are not saved through works. Ephesians 2.8 And that says, For by grace are you saved. Titus 3.5 Said not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. It's a symbolic ordinance. The body and blood are not actually present in the blood and the wine, and the bread and the wine. Look in John 6. Is where Christ fed the 5,000 and uh, then he, he walks on water and performed these miracles. It says the day following in uh, Romans 6.22 when the people were stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there save that one wherein his disciples were entered and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat but that his disciples were going away. Howbeit there came... Uh, other from Tiberias unto the place where they did eat bread after that the Lord had given thanks. I'm sorry, I'm in, I'm in John. I should be in Romans. Forgive me, folks. Bear with me. Romans 6, 23. The Supper is to show that we're saved by grace. 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah. So salvation is a gift. And that we're justified freely by His grace. Romans 3.24 Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It also contradicts Scripture, which teaches us that we're uh, not saved by works, is what I just said. It is a symbolic ordinance. The body and blood are not actually present in the blood and the wine. Right. And here's what I want to get to. When Christ speaks there, In John 6, in verse 53, notice, notice these words. He says, Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man 
and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He's speaking figuratively there. Amen. Look at verse 63. This shows that he, he, has, he is speaking figuratively. He says in John 6, 63, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Mm -hmm. yeah. See? He says, Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. But then he said, It's the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. By partaking, we're feeding on Christ through faith. We remember through him, him through his local church ordinance. There's three things that we, we set forth in, 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 the, in the supper. Commemorates the Lord's death. 1 Corinthians 11. We read that, I believe. But since my mind doesn't remember anything, we'll read it again. 1 Corinthians 11, 24. And when he break and give him thanks and break, he said, Take each as my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. So it commemorates the Lord's death. Mm -hmm. It's a proclamation of his death. Verse 26, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. So the supper is a preaching ordinance. Right. Think about that. You remember, this is so uh, fresh in our minds where we just had the Lord's Supper here not too long ago. It's a good thing when we give the Lord's Supper if those who are visiting stay here and observe it. Right. But notice I say observe it. And the reason I think it's a good thing It's because it's a reminder of Christ's second coming. So it, 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 is a, it is a proclamation. And so those who are sitting here and watching what we're doing, we're preaching the gospel to them right. through that supper. And it's a reminder of His second coming. Again, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. This do in remembrance of me. He said, observe it, the Lord's death, till he come. So it reminds us of his second coming. So in the observance of the Lord's supper, there's a somewhat somber tone while observing it. First of all, because Christ is absent, he's not there to take it with us. The first disciples, he was there with them when they took it. So maybe that's the reason for our somberness. It should be. We leave without speaking. We, we sing a hymn as we go out the door. We should be contemplating what we just did. Yeah. And we took the sacrifice or the supper, which tells us what. Christ did when he sacrificed his life. Amen.
Only unleavened bread can properly represent the sinless body of Christ. There again, T.P. Simmons says, leaven characterizes sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 1. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. Are you puffed up, and have not rather mourned, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you? For I verily as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this thing, this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Right. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So unleavened bread in, in, indicates the sincerity of the heart by which we take it and which we come to the table. Unleavened bread emphasizes the need of purging the church. Why do we have church, church discipline? To keep the body pure. Mm -hmm. So that when the body observes the Lord's Supper, there's not an a, a error in the process. First Corinthians 5, 1 through 13. I'll go on down reading from verse 9. I wrote unto you an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a raider, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. Mm -hmm. With such a man, uh, such a one, know not to eat. For what I have had to do to judge thee, them that are without, do not ye judge them within. But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away among you yourself the wicked person. We're not to partake of the supper with those who are having and living openly adulterous lives uh, in the, before the world. The wine should be fermented. There's three reasons for that. First of all, Christ used such when he instituted the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. The Jewish encyclopedia states every Jew knows the Passover must be celebrated by the drinking of real wine, not unfermented grape juice. Right. Right. If it was grape juice, why at one particular time Passover was it mixed with water? It wasn't grape juice. It was strong wine, and so they had to dilute it. The wine evidently was so strong 
they had to weaken it down. Uh-huh. They'd all be walking around drunk. In John chapter 2, and verse 3, is where we have the, uh, since the third day, verse 1, there was a marriage in Cain of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. The word for wine in that uh, verse there, look over in Ephesians 5.18. Let me, let me show you something. Mark that. But look in Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18, it says there, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The word for wine there is the same word as the one in, in John 2.3. Speaking of intoxicating liquor, wine. In the Old Testament, the equivalent word is a word meaning fermented or intoxicating wine. It is red wine. Proverbs 23. Verse 31 32. Verse 30 says, And they that tarry long at the wine, they that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his collar in the cup, it moveth itself aright. And at last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Speaking about being intoxicated. The church at Corinth uses fermented wine. In the supper, And through the abuse of that, some people became drunk. That's right. The word drunken in this verse, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty one. means to drink to intoxication. It says there, for eating everyone take their before other his own supper and one is hungry and another is drunken. That word means intoxication. You can look in Matthew 24. Here we find the same Greek word. Verse 49. says, and shall begin to smite his servants and eat, and this is a parable there, or illustration of two servants, and to, and, uh, to smite his fellow servant to eat and to drink with the drunken. Same word. First Thessalonians 5, 7. These are just to, to enforce and to show you 
that the Lord's supper, the observance, and the wine was not grape juice. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 7. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. There again, those words all have the same, from the same basic root. So, thirdly, the symbolism of the supper demands fermented wine. Fermented wine corresponds to unleavened bread. And is required for the same reason. The Bureau, and I'll look this up from T.P. Simmons' information. The Bureau of Plant Industry of the U.S. Department of Agriculture says grapes naturally contain a leavening agent. Mm -hmm. And this is present in the juice. It's grape juice. But as the grape juice becomes aged and becomes fermented, the leaven is used up in the process of fermentation. So the finished product has no leaven. That's how we're to observe the Lord's Supper. Unleavened bread and fermented wine. Because those sets forth the purity of Christ's body and his blood. May God bless his word. You want to call on somebody to pray? Yes, sir. Uh, Brother Dan, would you dismiss us, please? We do thank you, Lord, for again giving us this most wonderful day, uh, beautiful day that it is. We just thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come to this place to worship your truth this morning. We tremendously thank Brother Crowder as he stands before us and puts all those verses together. I know it's hard work, and uh, we just pray, Lord, that I'll continue to be with him in that effort. And now, Lord, we just ask you to be with uh, uh, our pastors uh, himself, be with him as he heals, and uh, he looks to be getting along fairly well, but we pray the Lord to continue to watch over him and bless him. Be with his family also. We ask the Lord to be with each one that's here this morning, give each one of us uh, a safe journey either to work or to home or wherever you may go. We just ask the Lord to be with each one. Now, Lord, we just thank you for all thy blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.